my data analysis. Wait for it. You say that You take data and analyze it. Oh my gosh, no, shut up. <laughs> this is the Generally Accepted Accounting Podcast. That's GAP for all you accounting nerds. It's a podcast produced by Casey Peterson, LTD. We're a firm of CPAs and financial advisors based in Rapid City, South Dakota. And we'll be talking about tax, finance, accounting, audit, and a bunch of other topics that sound really boring, but that we're going to make hip and cool. Or we'll try anyway. So stick around to learn more. I'm Hilary Dobbs-Davis, Client Experience Manager at Casey Peterson, LTD. And I'm Evan Lutis, the guy running the microphone slash occasional peanut gallery. We couldn't do it without you. And today we're here with Mark Erickson. He is our data analytics client manager. He's been with the firm since 2018, and he earned his degree in professional accountancy from Black Hill State University. Mark and his partner, Lindsay, have two daughters, and he's a diehard Baltimore Ravens fan. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, Hillary. Great to be here. No, we're super glad to have you. We're talking about something very timely, ripped from the headlines, I would almost say, um, about Amazon and Starbucks partnering on a cashierless coffee shop in Manhattan. Um, so can you talk about why you think this experiment came about or what's driving these kinds of innovations? Yeah, sure. So to kind of give it a little bit of a backdrop to this, so... This is actually not Amazon's first store. It's called Amazon Go. This is a new concept within that concept, so to speak. (laughs) It's like the Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They actually have three different other stores outside of Amazon Go. They've got Amazon Books, which is what you would think. It's just a bookstore. Uh, Amazon Four Star, which is kind of a concept they came up with, like, hey, so all of our great items that get four stars on Amazon.com, let's throw them in a brick and mortar store for people to come in and buy it. And then the other one is Amazon Pop Up, which from the last time I checked, this one was kind of on the outs, but it was essentially a idea like, hey, the little pop up stores you used to see in the mall. It's like, okay, oh, yeah. let's get in on that. Like let's get our merchandise. Yeah, yep. let's get our merchandise and just these little pop-up stores and um, air- airports and malls sure. and stuff to sell. Just having a physical presence for, for Amazon. After that came Amazon Go. And then they have what we'll get into is Amazon Fresh. So Amazon Go is this concept of, hey, what if we had a convenience store that was get in, get out. No cashiers. All you have to do is walk in, grab your stuff, and you're out the door. Okay, so this is a spin-off partnership with Starbucks. It's a similar kind of concept of not a grocery store, but a coffee shop. We'll partner with Starbucks, another right. mega so thing to take over the world. All of this has kind of evolved into this get in, get out concept. Come in, grab what you have. This store that opened in Manhattan was an idea of let's take this convenience store idea. Let's kind of make it like a cafe lounge concept. Let's get Starbucks in on it. And then following back into this get in, get out thing is people are able to basically schedule orders in with Starbucks. Like through the app that they have. Through the app. Yep. Everything's done through the Starbucks app. They just walk in, their coffee's ready for them at the time they said that they were going to pick it up. They grab it, they're out the door. They don't want to necessarily head out the door, maybe yet. Maybe they just want to hang out in a nice little cafe there. But there's no physical transaction of money. Yep. Kind. You don't nope. hand them a card, you don't hand them cash. Nope. Nothing. There's just no come and grab the coffee and you're ready to go. 
maybe you want to stick around for a while. Maybe you want to go read a book or something. Or, hey, now you're getting hungry because you've been here for a little bit. So, oh, let's just go grab a little bag of snacks, you know, get a bag of Skittles to recharge the batteries. Up off There's the nothing shelves. I like better after, after a cup of coffee than a bag of Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, like, what kind of implications does this have for the future of automation or the business implications of... Of, of something like this, either this partnership or just this whole technology where there's no physical transference of money. You're not handing over a card. There's there's not even a phone where you're scanning. Like, what does that mean for businesses? So there's, there's quite a bit to unpack here. Obviously, the low-hanging fruit with all this when you talk about process automation, right? I think we can all see where processes are getting automated. People are coming in. They're getting their goods. The transaction's happening and we don't need somebody there to process the transaction for them, right? Obviously, with the Starbucks idea, there's still people that are making the coffee. You still have to have people that are stocking the shelves. For now, there's no robots making right, your Right, exactly. We're, yet. Not, we're not there yet, but it's coming. <laughs> Looking beyond process automation, too, as I tie in with data analytics... I think about the information that comes from this type of store. So if people are wondering how are they keeping track of people being able to walk in and walk back out and it's like, how is all of this getting tracked? Well, the store is laid out with sensors and cameras to basically track everything that you're doing, track if an item is getting moved off the shelf, if it's getting put back. So um, a slightly less creepy version of minority report. They're not scanning your retinas, <laughs> but there are cameras that are watching. Exactly. <laughs> so far. <laughs> So all of this information is obviously getting stored away somewhere, right? Right. They're keeping track of when a person comes in, when a person comes out, if an item gets picked up, item gets put back down, what's getting sold, you know, there's just all this all these types of information and some of it just you know, a store's never been able to track before, right? Mm -hmm. We've never seen a grocery store that's able to monitor how long somebody maybe spends in the cereal aisle mm -hmm. trying to pick out a box of cereal. So Amazon just creating... all of a sudden now has that information, right? Right. So or... you have information where it never existed before. You had sort of like where shelves, you know, like where a product was on a shelf as far as eye level, but as a like amount of time... Like you said, someone picking it up and looking at it, but saying, eh, and setting it back down, that there was nothing previously, obviously, that tracked that kind of information. Exactly. Okay. Right. So, and obviously there's, you know, and this is probably less talked about too, is there's kind of demographic information that's getting stored. Obviously, to even be able to come into Amazon Go, you need to be an account holder with them, right? Right. There's probably some information about you, name, address, other Where kind of live, information that yeah. just gets passed along with you doing business with Amazon. But in order to go into these stores, you have to basically be an Amazon member. You have to be able to use their app to get access to the store to purchase. You've got to have some kind of line of credit set up with them to right. make these transactions. So with that, you know, we're getting away from a person walking into a grocery store paying cash and there's no... No There's information, no information about no. them being collected, whereas with Amazon, there is yeah. on everybody. You're going to know that me, a middle-aged white lady, walked into a store and bought a latte, <laughs> and they'll be able to record that and do whatever that was. They will know 38-year-old <laughs> me drinks one too many peppermint mochas. <laughs> so you're saying that before too long, the grocery store is going to have all this embarrassing data of how long I spend staring at a shelf, deciding which obscure product I really want, and then 10 minutes later, I walk out with nothing. Again. Absolutely. Yes. Hey, 
Or uh, similarly, if it's Target, I walk in with no real end game in mind and somehow walk out $120 poorer with stuff I don't need, but I bought anyway. <laughs> so to that kind of point, does the whole idea of the Amazon, the pay with your hand technology freak you out as much as it does me? That doesn't really freak me out. So I had to look this up and I actually ended up watching a couple of news segments. They were from like local news stations. But I'm sure people checking out the Amazon uh, pay with your hand technology. And in both news segments, I heard the reporters bring up the word Mark of the Beast in both. <laughs> okay, that's, <laughs> so that's, like a, that's a, a jump. Intense, <laughs> that, but okay. All right. So. I we went there. Wow. I know. Stations owned by the same company? Right. Probably. <laughs> Propaganda. Propaganda. <laughs> so do you think, uh, is there like business implications for that kind of technology? I mean, I know that there's been, you know, you paid with your thumb or whatever you said, that sort of stuff. I, it makes me stop and think about where we've gotten to conducting transactions, right? So 20 years ago, it was cash and it was check. That was pretty much what you had. Now everything ranges from like even a small business or if you're running the shop on the corner, you can have a card reader attached to your phone. And then to your point, pay with your thumb, pay with the phone app, pay PayPal, Venmo. I mean, instant transactions. don't even need to pull out a credit card. You don't need to have any cash or coin on you. And now Amazon's taken another step further where literally need an appendage. (laughs) That's it. You're done. So I think about where is this heading for like physical cash and coin transactions over the next 10 years. I don't know the answer to that, but I find it interesting because obviously people are using cash and coin far less today than they were 10, 15 years ago. And this stuff isn't going away. I mean, to me, it seems like paying something with my hand is going to be far more convenient than having to stop by the ATM, grab out money. Like I have my check direct deposited like most people. I don't want to stop at the bank on the way home. Does anybody anybody stop at a bank anymore? People go inside banks? Well, okay. So funny story. Before we came in here, I got a notice from my uh, daughter's school saying, hey, send 50 cents with her tomorrow to pay for popcorn on Fridays for Popcorn Fridays. Who has 50 cents? Yeah. And they're like, I'm at 50 cents. I have to look at the ground somewhere. (laughs) I would have to go check and like swing cents. Not not the first time that has happened. My daughter asks me for money I don't have any money. School doesn't take Bitcoin. Man, they really need to step out their game. (laughs) So obviously our area is a lot smaller than Manhattan or bigger cities. Do you think that there are either, I keep saying business implications because that just seems very buzzwordy, but are are there things that in this area even that we can benefit from or that um, is that technology, I mean, it it moves fast. Do you think it's going to come here sooner rather than later? Like, how does it affect our area, which is just kind of navel-gazing, but... I think it's inevitable. I really do in some shape or form, as long as Amazon and whoever else decides to buy into this technology figures out a solution to make this cost-effective as far as the technology and the infrastructure that goes into these stores to keep track of all this, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's an investment on Amazon's part. And probably an investment that our small local grocery store is probably not prepared to do because... Like I said, this technology is all cutting edge. May not be the return on investment to do something like that. They may not need to know how many people stand in the cereal aisle and whatever, like a cash crunch that may not help them in any way right now. But I will say that Amazon is going in this direction for a reason. 
and trying to apply technology and process automation towards how they manage their businesses, how they operate their businesses. They're doing it for a reason. I mean, if you look at their business model as far as Amazon.com is considered where their idea was, let's get the infrastructure in place. Let's try to put our processes as efficiently as possible to the point where we can offer value that none of our competitors can. Yeah. Like the big thing with Amazon is the cheapest prices and, you know, Prime members, yeah, free to be shipping. Yeah. Like that's free returns. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. At what point does that come up with, you know, if we're talking about grocery stores? So all of a sudden we're, they're paying less employees. And then obviously Amazon already has the infrastructure in place as far as product supply to these stores as well. I, I'm not going to bet against Amazon no. on this. So <laughs> they've, they've been on a heater for a while. It seems like it seems to kind of continue under that theme of, you know, we sacrifice a little bit of privacy for convenience. Yeah. And this seems to kind of be just, you know, another application of that where, you know, obviously if you pay with your hand, you don't have to go through it. Check out and all this stuff that people kind of already hate doing at the grocery store anyway. Yeah. Plus the grocery store then, or whoever, whatever retailer you're at, then gets all that data of what you were looking at, how long you were looking at it. They can feed that data back to their products and partners from a marketing perspective and say, you've got a lot of people picking up your product and putting it back down. Maybe look at your packaging. Yeah, maybe from a marketing so perspective, like, something's not working. So yeah, so yeah. Like all of that data that just didn't exist before. Like it's crazy to think about. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, even the technology can pay dividends. I've already read that this technology with keeping track of people moving stuff around, taking stuff, they're already trying to figure out a way to sell this to oh. other people to So it's a like, moneymaker for them, just the technology by itself. Not even yep. the information, the data that they're collecting. Yeah, some concepts itself. I've seen are like refrigerators built with this technology that people oh, yeah. can have so you just go and grab something yeah. and it runs the transaction. Yep. I mean that's or your all. refrigerator has the cameras in there to show you when you're at the grocery yep. store yeah. what you're missing and then you oh yeah, shoot I'm out of orange juice. I gotta go get that. <laughs> it tells you that you're low on something. Yeah. Auto orders. Yeah before you Oh, it's, it's, it's getting scary. Amazon's already at the point where like, if you've ever gone to an Amazon fresh, you order something and you come home and put it away a little while later. If you have like an Alexa in your house, mm. it'll ask you like you went out and bought blueberries. It'll yeah. ask you how the blueberries taste. <laughs> or how are the blueberries tasting? Delicious cat in the house. <laughs> I feel like in, you know, Western South Dakota, some of that stuff seems like, oh, you know, haha, we're always five to 10 years behind right. everything here. But to some extent, when you're talking about like payment methods, you know, we get such a volume of tourist traffic here. Yeah. They're going to expect After a certain that. point, they're going to expect it. Yeah. And I think let's, there's even a, there's, so there's a, let's just say it's a downtown restaurant and bar. When you go in there, they scan um, your ID and your um, payment card. And then that's tied to a wristband. And then you go and you pour your own beer. So the data that they collect is all your data, um, your race, your age, where you live, and how much beer that you drank. Yeah. So they have that. So I would think that that's actually. They could even see your behavior. Let's see. Like, oh, when he starts having a few, that, that, that handle kind of stays down just a little, little bit longer. longer. <laughs> exactly. So then you can say like, hey, this person of this demographic orders this type of beer during this type of season. And he knows then to go to his distributor and say, these are the beers that I want to put on tap. Then you don't, you don't have kegs that are getting old and nobody's drinking. And, and it removes waste because anything that's poured out is on their bill. Exactly. Not, not on yours. Yeah. So it's kind of ingenious. Um, I yeah. think you're looking at it with the glasses half full effect. So maybe we can look at Amazon Go and it's like, okay, maybe this is not a realistic model yet. 
for a lot of small and local businesses, but too big, but yeah, right. <laughs> but it's obviously something for everybody to keep their eyes on. And then I think a lot of small local businesses could do themselves well, where it's like maybe after listening to this, maybe take a look at how you're running your own business and think about, is there something that technology can maybe, maybe help you with and set it up for automation. So if you are doing anything where you feel like you're recreating information, so if somebody sends you an invoice and you're typing it into a computer, or if you're having to take an invoice down to accounts payable, taking that time out of your day, like all of this information you should be able to touch it once, it. maybe, so. and then, yeah. Which is a great segue <laughs> into our next point. So people in our area may not consider Casey Peterson, which is mostly an accounting firm, how we could help with data analytics or process automation, business improvement. Um, but we actually have a team focused on that. So can you talk a little bit about that, about what we do when it comes to helping businesses um, automate their processes or like what we offer or some sort of kind of an example of that? Sure. So primarily we've been working with iSolve, which is a payroll provider. Uh, We actually have a really close relationship with here at Casey Peterson, and we're working to basically have integration with our clients that are using HK services to try to essentially automate more of their payroll processes. So if we were to say needing to get information to file like a 941 report, payroll tax report, there would be cutting out the process of having to either go through HK, for example, to get the report to send send us the information we need to prepare and file the report. Whereas we have direct line access with their permission, with the securities in place to essentially pull the information, fill out the report, review it, make sure everything looks good and send it in, but and just cutting out all that slack in the middle right. to speed things up. That's a great idea. And I know you had some other examples too about like what data analytics, what that means, because it sounds sort of like a, like a buzzword and people hear it and they're like, yeah, sure, that sounds cool, I guess. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about that, like what things and what it used to look like? So Hillary, let me let you let you in on a little secret. Oh, can't wait. Okay. Can't wait. So, go, what, so glad I'm what, sitting down. <laughs> you know what data analytics is? Wait for it. What's data analytics? You take data Oh my gosh, no, shut up. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. So does um, me looking at a spreadsheet count as data? <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, Mark, I'm going to need a little bit more of a real world example. I mean, the words are there and I like them, but I'm, I, I need like a concrete, tell me how it was and tell me how it is now. All right, I got you. So little backstory for me, I come from the service industry. I have worked in restaurants for a large portion of my life. Mm-hmm. So when you ask me for an example, you know where I'm going to go. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go to you're restaurants. Gonna, you're going to go so, to what is in your background. So, <laughs> so a restaurant 30, 40 years ago, when a manager was trying to make decisions to better their business, what information, what metrics did they have about their business? Mm-hmm. Well, you had time cards from employees punching in and punching out. You had whatever money was in the cash register, maybe a cash register tape along with that. You had bank statements coming from the bank or receipts from wherever you're going to purchase. You probably had a shoebox underneath your bed with all those receipts in there. And then once a year, you took it to your account and said, fix this. Yep. Figure that out for me. (laughs) And maybe, and I I don't even think I've heard of a restaurant that does this, but I would have to assume there's some meticulous managers that have done it. Maybe you held on to the 
dining tickets. Ooh, Servers would yeah. fill out and hang up, order up. Absolutely. Maybe you held on to those. Some so, hoarder, some paper so, hoarder, you know they have that. So maybe some restaurants were holding on to what would have been the order data, right? Obviously, what are we getting out of there? Okay, well, I would say the time cards, for example, we know how much we're paying the employees, how many hours they're working, when they're working. Okay, great information, pretty standard. And then we start talking about, well, what's in the cash register, right? So we know what our receipts are. We are a shoebox full of receipts. We know what our expenses are. We're keeping track of some of that information. If we really, really wanted to take all this time to sift through it and figure out precisely, like, what exactly are those expenses? What are on those receipts? We could. I don't know of a whole lot of managers that maybe were writing down every single little receipt 40 years ago while trying to manage the restaurant. We had time and, for that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like that information was on hand. But if they were take if they were taking that keen of an interest into those operations, they were spending a lot of time or they were paying somebody to spend a lot of time to go through that kind of stuff. Which cuts into their profit margins. Right, exactly. All things that they'd have to consider. Then we fast forward to today where we've got computers, internet, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, mobile phones, we've got point of sale systems, everything gets tracked where someone walks in and you come down here to Murphy's on the corner and eat. By the time you leave, they have information on when you showed up, how many people were in your party, what table you sat at, what seat you sat at there, what time you left, what you paid, what you tipped, who all that went to, what you ordered, what got ordered, and if there was a mistake, they took something off the bill, if they comped something. So you get to see the flow of your that, restaurant. You get to see what times you're busiest. You get to see which your servers are the best servers based on tips, let's say. Right. Big groups, small groups, lunchtime rush, dinner rush. Yeah, so we get all this information that's available. Then we need to sit down and start going through what the buzzword is of key performance indicators. KPI, KPI, baby. So we have all this information in front of us. Now, what is useful towards making decisions for your business and what isn't? Right. Because there's, you could literally analyze the most minute piece of information you receive as a business that may or may not actually help you make more money or make you more efficient in what your restaurant does or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it's a matter of you have the data. Now, what do you do with it and what's useful information? Exactly. So and that's going to differ from industry to industry. That's going to differ from business to business, depending on what a business's goals are. Right. right? Sure. So maybe it may be a restaurant wants to look at what is their sales per seat, because that's important to them. They want money coming in the door. Right. Yep. Well, what happens if maybe part of cashing out with them and there's an automated process to it, they give people a survey. And sure. then all of a sudden they're filling that out. Maybe that's what's more important to them. It's not always about the money, right? right. Maybe it's sometimes it's about the guest experience. Right. What key performance indicators do they have access to to make that decision? Okay. That makes sense. How long is somebody staying in the restaurant? And like you said, what time are they coming? Are those key performance indicators for how much somebody's enjoying it? Right. Are people spending more time in your restaurant than maybe your competitor? So you can Do you know what the industry averages are? All these complicated questions. It's like go, you could go on for days. Exactly. So that is something that we can theoretically help clients look at, build dashboards for, figure out like what are your goals, your end goals, and then maybe help them with some tools to figure out 
like what to look at so that they don't get overwhelmed by the just sheer volume of data, but they can say, yeah, it's important for me to know what times of year I'm the busiest or what times of day or what items get ordered the most or whatever. And then that's how I'll, that's where I'll start or something. Absolutely. So our team here at Casey Peterson, we can step in and we can take a look at what you have set up for your business and determine how we can get this data in the most efficient way possible for you and help you every step of the way to taking this information, looking at it, looking at these KPIs Mm -hmm. and helping you make the best decisions possible for your business. Cool. Awesome, man. You sound like we just really know what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) This makes me want to watch The Profit. Sure. Marcus Lewis. Talk about restaurants. Bar rescue, restaurant rescue. Yeah, all those all those terrible shows, but yeah, so much. I know they're so dramatic. <laughs> Last question: Sorry. Can the Ravens win the Super Bowl this year? Oh God! <laughs> okay, we could we could honestly have a podcast. Second, just about second podcast like, starts exactly like right. about that about the it, the division. Yes, because. The AFC is so messed up right now. Super if you up. follow football, it's ridiculous. Yes. Someone just like threw like a Molotov cocktail into the AFC and it went. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, hey, we're number one in the AFC right now. Did you know that? I did not know that. Well, I, I oh my God, it's, it's a tire fire. Uh, well, we'll see. There's still a long way to go. Need better offensive line play, but hey, we have Lamar Jackson. That's true. Okay. He, nobody can give the kid, bring that guy down. He's just, he's just greasy. Mm. He's just elusive. I may have thrown four, net, four interceptions. In Whatever. Game, Nobody's perfect. <laughs> so again, that was Mark Erickson, our data analytics client manager. And if you have questions for him or just want more information, please feel free to reach out to us at caseypeterson.com slash contact dash us. And now the legal stuff. This podcast and associated communications are intended to provide general information about tax, finance, investment, and other financial matters. Although Casey Peterson LTD has made every reasonable effort to ensure that the information provided is accurate, we make no warranties expressed or implied. Be aware that this is not a comprehensive analysis of the subject matter covered and is not intended to provide specific recommendations to you or your business. Investment advisory services are offered through Vantex Planning Partners. Commission-based securities products are offered through Vantex Investment Services. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Insurance services are offered through licensed agents of Avantex Planning Partners, 3200 Olympus Boulevard, Suite 100, Dallas, Texas, 75019. The Avantex entities are independent of and unrelated to CPS Financial Services, LLP. Although Avantex does not provide or supervise tax or accounting services, our financial professionals may offer these services through their independent outside business. Not all financial professionals are licensed to offer all products or services. Financial planning and investment advisory services require separate licenses. Hey, Evan, what's the best thing about Switzerland? What is the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know, but the flag is a big plus. Oh my god.